0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Justin, and I am back with another episode of Survival of the Artist podcast. This is episode 19, and I have the homie, Speck, yeah. a.k.a. Spec House, producer, yeah. artist, actor extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah um, man. He probably got a couple more titles he can throw in there, but uh, <laughs> Speck is a mover and shaker and mm. has definitely been around long enough to... That he will impart tons of wisdom on everybody listening right now. <laughs> Spec, what up? Hey,
1: what's going on, Justin? Thanks for having me. Episode 19, huh? Congratulations, bro.
0: Episode 19. Yeah, we, we had like a a six month layoff before I picked it up a couple of months ago again. Um, no, but still so yeah, coming on coming on strong in 2020. Spec house, the first episode of 2020. And Thank it would have oh, been nice if you one. were the 20th. The no, 20th oh, episode for 2020. Bro, I
1: messed missed that up. It. We missed it, bro. You should have done like a throwaway episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's all
0: good. It's all good. Could but have just grabbed somebody.
1: Just know anybody off the street and be like, "Are you a musician?" And be like, "No." See, that's <laughs> how not to do it, man. See you next week for episode 20. <laughs> 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 no, it would be good. But so, good, man. So, Thanks so for I, me
0: on, I bro. yeah quick quick story i met Spec in boston earlier this year at the elevation conference shout out to mm-hmm. mike, Mack. mike Mack. and we were we were roommates for a couple of days and uh that was just such a dope time for chh and and you know everybody involved in the panels and uh, i got to watch my my young intern ed boyce shout out to ed um an in yeah. Conduct an in-person interview with Speck, and I know he was he was freaking out, and I was watching him, and it was funny.
1: Was he? Was he as crazy? He did a great job. No, but he, he
0: killed he killed it. He did a good job. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. And yes, that's it. So let's let's get into it. For I I said a bunch of stuff. So in your own words, who are you? What do you do? And what would you say is your claim to fame?
1: Man, okay, so first of all, the word fame, we have to <laughs> we, we 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 have to redefine that. Um claim to survival or success. Well, first of all, I think that has a lot to do with it, you know, um c- considering um the industry and how this goes and considering that one in every 4 people wants to be in the entertainment industry in some way, shape or form. Success is, to me, defined as being able to do this for a living. Do what you love for a living. So Mm -hmm. with success being, I mean, that helps. So setting the bar there instead of, you know, being a multi-billionaire with, you know, um, $2 million in debt and and having five cars that you can't afford. I mean, that's, I don't know, you know, that's not success. But um, the claim to fame, um, pre-Christ, Um, it was um, the Bay Area. I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from Northern California, Sacramento, actually, which is not the Bay, but all our work was (laughs) in the Bay. And um, uh, straight out of college, um, I got picked up, you know, long story short, but I got picked up uh, by um, Tupac's uh, producer and engineer to be an intern. His name was Digital Darren Harris. And of course, if he's working with Tupac, he's working with everybody. So that's when Tupac mm-hmm. was uh before he went to Death Row. And so um, yeah, he worked with Tupac, recorded his first albums, Digital Underground, you know, met them, Raphael Sadiq, Tony Tony Tony, and everybody they work with. You know, Puffy was sending his squad total down there, and you know, they're producing D'Angelo and everybody, and then of course, all the Bay Area rappers. So I got to, you know, work with E40 and uh, you know, Keek to Sneak and the Loonies, you know, I got five wow. on it. Um, I, you know, and Ice T Studios working with Black market records and i mean just you know hang, you know hanging out all over the place and really again it sounds glamorous but bro i was just like a struggling young intern like you know i was i was making beats but nobody knew i made the beats like i got <laughs> no, yeah nobody knew i made beats i um i got coffee you know what i'm saying and and clean bathrooms and clean toilets and and then after i was done all that i walked into the studio session and asked everybody what they wanted um and I was just, you know, really humble, but I got the opportunities and I, and I got that experience. And eventually, you know, I got a credit with Tupac, got a credit with Jay-Z, I got a credit with 50 Cent and, um, you know, things were going really well. God shook my world up. And then uh, I thought it was all over because I thought there was no way that Christians could make money, especially if they weren't doing traditional gospel. Um, but then again, skipping over a whole bunch, um, ended up uh, being an A and R for Flame, uh, brought V Rose to him as soon as he made Clear Sight, and then I produced his first hit, mm-hmm. which was Surrender on Clear Sight um, on his return, and then produced every record since on Clear Sight, and um, you know from that just was able to work on a lot of other things, but that was. Um, my way into this industry, which is just, you know, uh, being an A&R and a producer and a writer, uh, and DJ and everything else for flame. Um, so yeah, so I have a lot of credits before and, and I have, you know, quite a few amazing credits after, um, that's what did it, but I'll tell you the real thing is, um, besides God, you know what I'm saying, uh, is is humility and learning, being in a position to learn. Um, you can't possibly learn everything you need to be successful in one lifetime. So you have to get mentors. Of course. You have to mm-hmm. have internships. You have to always be learning. And there's always somebody you can learn from. And there's really no excuse. It's the information age. All these mentors, you don't even have to you don't even have to apply anymore. You just bring up YouTube and the mentors are right there. So just being in a position to learn, man. I love education. I love learning and um and then implementing that. Um, I answered your question from two ways. I hope that was sufficient.
0: Uh the only part you missed is I said, Who are you? So you're Spec House. <laughs> ah! I'm sorry, <laughs> no,
1: bro. I got right into the No thing. no, you,
0: no, You're good. That no. was that was a that was a great little rundown. Um, let, me,
1: let me tell you what happened. Um my son called and I forgot to put my phone on a um, sleep mode. So I think I missed that question. Um because his phone rang. But you no, um, you good. No, you good. Yeah, I'm Spec house, man. Um spec. Um, my company was spec house. Um, it's short for super spectacular, which, um, when I told everybody in high school what I wanted to do and what I want to be, uh, they laughed and I got the, nickname with all my homies super spectacular because they were like oh that's what you want to be super you want to be a producer <laughs> and a, from sacramento california you want to be a producer and a writer and you want to run a branding company and you want to market and you want to rap and you want to sing and you want to travel you want to do it all oh yeah okay you just want to have a super spectacular lifestyle so i kept that used it as a brand became spec um and then you know spec house after i got saved as for me and my house we will serve the lord so that's how all that happened."
0: Yeah, I, I thought I was trying to figure it out myself and I saw that your the one of your albums that's on Spotify. I don't I it's probably not your first album, but the first one that's on Spotify yeah. is called In Your Eye. So it was like, oh, Speck in your eye. Ah! I get it. But, <laughs> but it's super spectacular.
1: It's super spectacular. So, no, it's not that. So or or Spectre, actually. Spectre. No, it's not that. It's it yeah, that's what it stands for. But good, man. Yeah. yeah.
0: You, you know you know what's funny? Um, I feel like it's only Producers in music, like almost every producer I talk to, and I, and I don't mean this offensively, but people yeah. older, yeah. No, good. <laughs> older producers are always talk about mentorships, and I never hear anybody talk about being a mentor except for older producers, and I think it's so funny. That's like uh, I know <laughs> T huge on it, yeah. and now O B talks about it yeah. a lot, yeah, uh, because you know T mentored him, and I've heard other producers talk about it, and I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah man um interestingly enough um I was a youth pastor for a a short period of time in uh, Sacramento before I started getting on the road and I mean so I've always been uh big on that uh somebody picked me up you know um my father wasn't around um but if he hears this interview dad it wasn't your choice but um but still he wasn't around so I didn't have that when when mm-hmm. uh when a you know when this this uh dude showed interest in me And you know, I really, really got excited, and I just saw the value of it from such a young age, like getting to places that I could never get to. So, um, I think what happens is young people are the interns, so they're just they won't talk about the mentorship because they're in it. But then, you know, when they get older, um, and it worked, then they think back on their life. That's how it happened, and and you know, they try to pay it forward. So, I mean, that's fine, but. You know, usually they're in it and they're excited. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to get to where their mentor is. So you get that.
0: Okay. So now, and you kind of like gave a a scope of your career, but, and this is Mm -hmm. like a subjective question because you could still want to keep moving forward, which I'm sure you do. But how long did it take you to get where you're at now, where you're like at least comfortable and yeah. you know, you know that you could survive and, and you know, you have your, your kids living with you now and yeah. that like every day you can wake up and sort of not have to be like, Oh man, like, what am I going to do today?
1: Right. Right. Well, okay. So the interesting thing is that, that actually happened quite early for me. Um, The, the tumultuous period of my life um, in the mm-hmm. last, you know, over the last couple of years, that was like a disruption. But, um, I have been, I've been, I've been okay for about 10 years. So what I'm the, the short, yeah, the short, the short version of it is, okay, okay. So here's the issue. You have to reinvent yourself with the times. So, and, and as you get older, so, um you have to reinvent yourself those time periods of reinvention are very difficult there the, that's the temptation to just go become a real estate agent because now you've worked with enough <laughs> you've worked around enough investors yeah. where one of your investors can give you a job or you could work with one of your investors so the temptation is there it's like do you know how many music festivals that i've been to where you know the investors are millionaires and then how many trips i've been on where the investors are millionaires and how many you know people i've been around and how many record label owners and how many i mean there's just so many people that i could be like oh i could just do that for a living oh i could just do this oh they love me here that's why so many artists end up becoming youth pastors because that's the that's the easy transition you've performed at you know 400 plus Churches and youth services, their youth grew up with you, that you know the pastors. So when the head of the yeah. youth department yeah. becomes the pastor, they love you and then they hire you as a youth. It's easy. So it's easy. So that's that's the temptation um is to make that transition. Instead of doing the hard work to redefine yourself and then come back out. So, you know, that looks like being an artist and a producer, and then having to stop and then say, um, Things are different. Let me get into, um, like I did CD manufacturing on the side for a second in my industry. Wow. Then CDs went. What's, in. what's that spec? What's a CD? Exactly. <laughs> you get, so you get it. So it's like, that was a, that, <laughs> that was a. I I mean, and I have everything. I had a print shop and I had, you know, all the things and then the multi CD, you know, that, that went the way of, you know, the dinosaur. So then, you know, I, I, you know, redefined it and then I started, you know, doing, um, uh, A&R work and developing artists you know because that's it was natural because when people came into my studio oh I mean I ran you know five different studios before but the, the point was to stop running the studio because then I had to be captive to somebody else's time and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that I'd rather just you send me the vocals I want to work with who I want to work with but you could just send me the vocals and I could produce you but people didn't see that value so I had to work to the place where I could just be at home and work instead of people being like well, I don't really see the value of you as a producer, but I'll come and have studio time, and then you, and and when I'm there in the studio, whatever you do, it comes out better than when I go to this studio. They didn't get there's the production, and now I built to you know to the place, praise God that they'll pay for studio time and then pay me additionally because they see the value of the production. So that you know was a building block, but um, it's been about ten years. Um, it I, I I'm. I'm a good businessman. I can see mm-hmm. I can see um I can see the the tapestry of the of deal possibilities um a long ways away and can build to those. And because of that um yeah, I've 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 uh I've been able to, I've been, I've been doing this like over a decade full time. Um just, you know, ups Amazing. and da- ups and downs, you know, yeah. as as you know, life transitions, but yeah, man.
0: Awesome. Now, you're, you, know, you mentioned it before, you've done a lot of work with Flame and then with younger artists like V-Rose and then your son, Buki, the baby. Right. So how does a producer, or I guess what's the importance of like a producer coming in early and helping shape the sound of an artist? And I guess why should an artist be receptive to that help?
1: Mm. Okay, well, think about all of the great artists you know. If you think about a great artist, you know their producer as well.
0: You yeah, know that Janet.
1: You know Janet Jackson. You know Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. You know uh, Sheena Easton. You know Prince. You know Michael Jackson. You know uh, Quincy Jones. You know all, any Motown artist. You know Barry Gordy. You, and you, you know the you know their, um, the rhythm section um, that they used. You know, like eat, Lady Gaga. You know Red One. Like you know these people's producers. You know you you know Whitney Houston. Right. You know J, you know Clive Davis. That's how important it is. uh, uh, being an artist is a hundred percent different than being a singer. Being an artist is a hundred percent different than being a rapper. You have to work with a producer to find your sound, to define you. And if you're doing everything it takes as an artist, to be an artist, you probably don't have time to be thinking about the other stuff that needs to happen, and that's usually what a producer does. so the benefit of a producer is mm-hmm. like we develop an artist and then we take them to labels and present them to labels because we have relationships that the artists don 't have, and that's how that whole thing works so you know i produce I, th- I just posted it the other day, I produce over five hundred songs a year um whoa e- e- easy easy i i produce <laughs> over over 500 songs a year um in different capacities and that doesn't include like um the Um, movie thing stuff that I do, the scoring and the sound design that I'm doing, that I do as well. But just that. I'm
0: thankful you made the time for this call.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, today I did a, I mean, I, oh my gosh, I've mastered a record today. I, I wrote a hook for somebody and demoed it out. I, you know, spent some time preparing invoices and, um, I'm on about page 3000, I word 3000 of a, um, six month proposal that I'm making for somebody and I'm going to finish it tonight, hopefully, and then revise it tomorrow. But that will pay my rent for the next six months. Um, if this wow. proposal goes through. So it's like, you, you know, you're busy, you're, you're, you're busy. That's the thing too. <laughs> you could go to work eight hours a day and come home and you know what you get to do? Watch football, chill. When you're working for yourself, you never stop working. You just take a second I off like- because you have to. But, um, you know, again, That's why I
0: do my podcast at 9.30 at night. I was going to ask. wife is asleep. The kids are asleep. There's no noise. There's yeah, no babies crying. Um, I could just be by myself and record.
1: Yeah, bro. I was going to ask you. I was going to be like, why, why are we doing this at 9.30 at night? I mean, I'm good with it because I got to get everything else out of the way. When you said 9.30, I was like, oh, perfect. I should be done with my proposal. So I'm like almost there. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So the benefit of, of, uh, the artist is you get to shape your sound. Like, um, I work with amazing talents, people that can sing really well. I also work with people that can't sing at all and both value my, my knowledge equally. Um, because what I do is say, it doesn't matter. There is a market for you. We can make this work. Let's develop you. And then they start to say, Oh, singing live is a hundred percent different than singing in studio. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, singing live is different than performing. So like if you sing in yeah. ch- if you're singing in church, <laughs> that's one technique. Then when you come into the studio, I have eight other singing techniques that you have to learn to master to, to, to record an album. And none of those mm-hmm. play, play live. Right. Um, a lot of them aren't even singing. And then um, when you go uh, perform, that's a whole different art form that, I, that, I, that I teach as well. So it's, yeah. you know, so it's like, um, when you get with a producer you're able to create the sound of the artist i mean think about it it's it's art it's an artist and this person produces so the point i mean the actuality of the terms are you have the art this man helps you produce the art and bring it to life so that's how that works um and I mean, there's a huge value. You know, when you find your producer, it's amazing. It's just, it's simply amazing. You know, there's a lot of people that will mm-hmm. not work without me just because the the flow is so tight. And then when they see the result, they're like, I'd never get this result. Whatever it is when we work together. And sometimes it's not the tightest yeah. beats. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, this is not the tightest beat, but what we're doing with this is going to make it a hit. You know, there's differences. So, um, But, you know, it takes a producer, you know, to know that. Um, So, yeah, man, that's that's a a relationship is, you know, is is really important. I I always tell artists, I was like, find your producer. And if you can't find them and if you can't afford them, work hard enough to get the attention of one that wants that that could will pick you up and be like, you know what? Let's work together because I think I can get a deal with you, you know, with the songs that I produce for you. I think we can take this to a label. So,
0: yeah, man. Yeah. Of course, now, now, let's kind of flip it now, let's say you are the artist, which you are which so I am. <laughs> do you kind of do you do you compartmentalize like and separate like this is the production for my album, and this is me creating you know lyrics and hip hop and singing or whatever I'm doing, or do they like organically go together for you
1: one hundred percent they separate themselves. I don't purposely try to separate them. So I can be producing a track for somebody else, hear something, and I write it, and I can intend to write it for them. And then I'll end up writing the whole record. And I'll be like, no, this is mine. This is going on my next album.
0: <laughs> this is too good. See,
1: this is too good. This <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'll work on a beat sometimes, and I'll be like... Yeah, I'm gonna do another one, kind of like this, for the client. This is my joint right here, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do that. But um, they separate themselves because they have different characteristics. My uh, a job as a producer is to I worry about the artist that I'm working with. I literally go to sleep stressed out about the artist I'm working with, concerned about everything about their career because they have trusted me with that career. Um, so like, that's a different thing because the producer is selfish. I mean, the artist, I mean, not the producer, the artist, the artist to me is selfish. The artist to me is like, nah, I want this. No, no, no. I want this track. No, yeah. no, it's yeah. t- it's too good. It's too good. And you know what else? The producer is totally confident and knows what this song is going to be. The artist is totally nervous for no reason. And it's so funny because I see, you know, I always talk to my, uh, my artist, and the artists I work with and be like, no, no really need to be nervous. They're going to love it. Everything is fine. You've done this a million times before. But then when it comes to me, it's like I, I can't do it. I mean, I've toured since I was 20 years old and I've, I've been on over 10 tours, you know, uh, foreign and, and here. And it never fails when you go on stage you have those nerves you can't even help it even if it's only ten, yeah. 10 people out there and sometimes the promoter sucks and it's 10 people out there
0: <laughs> i feel like 10 people i feel like 10 people it's worse
1: yeah oh oh like the, my, oh my god i feel like
0: the smaller the crowd like oh. when i've performed with my band if there's no one there you're just kind of yeah. like all right well i got to figure this out a- for a- five people
1: absolutely absolutely <laughs> Lo- it, it's 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 the opposite of what you think lots of eye contact all eye contact
0: mm-hmm. because you, know, you can't hide nope and so you're all right there
1: so you better make it intimate and make them like you or it's bad you know it's bad but yeah man so um it, it is you know the artists um artists are going to be artists but again do you want an artist do you want to be a fan of an artist that doesn't lament over what they're about to present to you that doesn't care enough about what they're going to deliver to you no, you don't want that. You want an artist that is so concerned about the product that you are spending your time and energy on. I mean, you only get a certain number of years on, on this earth. If I'm going to spend, you know, three minutes times, however many times I'm listening to your music and song of my life, listening mm-hmm. to what you create, I want you to be nervous about it. I want you to, to love it. I want you to make sure it's amazing to me and that's what brings longevity I always say marketing and promotion will get them to you and quality will keep them there so that's that's a little uh, a little tidbit but yeah um, the the artist in me is just the song is never done but the producer says this yeah. song was done three sessions ago you know <laughs> so that's how that works
0: so as as somebody who has done a little bit of everything over your career yeah Um, what are some of the unique challenges in building and creatively independently from like all sides of it? So I guess this would mostly pertain to you where you just sit in a room and you're like, I have to figure out everything by myself.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's real. Um, I mean, that's, it's real. You know, I pray often. I'm just like, God, give me the priority. I have 50 million ideas. Um, All of them seem great. I know all of them are not great, (laughs) you know, and then not only are all of them not great, but, um, you know, there's grace on some, there's, you know, some are not going to happen, but you do. So I, I, you know, I have a, I have a lit, let me just start with this, man. This is the thing. Write it down, write it down, write it down, find something that works Mm -hmm. for you and write it down for me it's notes because um it automatically you know with my iphone it's notes it automatically syncs up with um you know with with my computer so whatever i do there it automatically syncs that i have it everywhere and i just write everything down i don't care if it's a brainstorm or if it's formal or whatever i write everything down it it it, i mean i don't i'm not going to go into the study but basically you know, your brain is a computer. It has a certain amount of Ram. It has a certain amount of CPU. So if it's trying to spend all of its time remembering its ideas and remembering things, and that's what it's focused on, then you're preventing yourself from all the other things it could be doing to, you know, to help move other ideas along. Mm-hmm. So you want to write it down and then that gets it out of your mind and it, you know, and it's safe and then you can proceed. Um, but yeah, I have amazing amount of things written down. Um, You know, it's always a combination of three things. So the combination of three things are number one, what can I do? What is the, what is the grind that I know that I have a value of? What do I do better than 80% of the people, um, the other people doing it that I know people are willing to pay me for? What is that sure thing? That thing can change from time to time, but that thing you have to make sure you cultivate and you advertise, Like, there's different ways of advertising, but Mm -hmm. if you don't advertise or if you don't let people know, that you do this thing, people will forget because there's 50 other people that are doing the same thing, and they are actually advertising. So whether that is talking to people, whether is that is getting referrals, whether is that you know whether that is putting out something great, so people will want to either book you if you're an artist, or they will want you know want a, fe- right. a feature from you if they're an artist, or you know they love your production, so they want you know get a you know a, uh, you to produce. You know, I think about it this way the average American still um, after taxes uh, brings home less than $70 a day. Again, the average American after taxes working eight hours a day, sometimes nine because of the lunch brings home, you know, and then take 30 minutes travel time. So you're taking 10 hours of your day and they come home with less than $70 a day. That's average. That's even taking in account the 1%. So, it, wow. So so if you could spend three, four hours and make $100 that day, you just did better than the average American. If you can spend three or four hours, make that 100 then spend another two, work some social media to try to get some uh, attention, then you really did well because you set yourself up. The other thing is, you have to start thinking long term. You have to put some time into a bigger idea. So, for instance, while you're doing your daily grind, you have to be thinking, "What can I be doing later?" So, for instance, as a producer, you should be working on your website so the people that want to see uh, credits or price lists have a place to go, and that might only be yeah that yeah. that you know that might only be six or seven people. You know, but if you don't have a deck and there's people out there that if they can't see a price list, they will go on to the next person. They won't call for a quote. So that is a valuable tool to get four or five more clients, maybe that year. And if those four or five more clients all have two or three hundred dollars for you, well then you just paid two months of your rent for the year by developing you know spending 30 minutes a day developing your website
0: yep so it's a little extra time
1: exactly so these are the little things that you have to be doing you can't just focus on the things that feel good or the things that bring you glory or the things that bring big instagram likes because at the end of the day those are fickle those come and go but you know you have to put in certain things that are going to um solidify long-term uh uh income so always while you're working on your daily thing, be working on these other ideas. They don't seem important, but they are important. Like for instance, develop, a, um, develop a, a, a loyalty reward, which is more business. So you might say, you know what? I'm going to reach out to all my clients from last year and just tell them, thank you for being my client. You know, I'm going to give you what I gave you last year for half off. And if you out of yeah, all that your, goes a long yeah, way. out of all your clients, if 10 call back and, on, and only five of them actually do it, and a half off is 200 bucks, you know, you don't have to prioritize them. You can do the, do it at downtime because it's a deal and they'll understand. So now you're not even taking away from your good time. You're taking away from time that you weren't making any money and you would have been broke. And that downtime, you know, 10 times 200, there you did. You just paid your rent for, for July. You know, so there are... Little things that you can do um, to continue to, uh, uh, to make money and to you know think down, think long term, think down the line. So yeah, I think it's it's really, really, really important. For artists, same kind of thing. you know, Who's booked you before? You know, why won't they book you again? Right. What's stopping them? You know, from you know, for this or that, you know, and then man, just the hugest thing is return business, man. You cannot burn your bridges. A wise man told me businesses are sustained not by new customers, but by return customers. You have to build your return. It's like building up a fan base. Even if you consider your fans customers, can you imagine if you had a thousand fans Mm -hmm. of a song as an artist that you release? And then that next month you lost every single one of those fans and you had to get a new thousand fans. You would be spinning your wheel. That seems dumb, but Mm -hmm. in business, We think about it like that. I want new, you know, new bookings. I want new clients. I want to go to a new place to perform. I want a new sponsor. I want new, you know, I'm going to do a different type of music and I forget what I did last year because I want new clients. And it's like, that is a, that is just a total wrong and backwards way of thinking. It's like you, 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 your money is made off of your base is off of the, the return clients and return business. So if, if if you can get one person to come back to you to buy a beat a year, say that beat is just like $300, right? Well, in three years, if you have five people buying a beat a year, th- uh, that means without thinking about it, your August rent is paid every month, and then if you build that
0: to absolutely, you build that. Absolutely. You know
1: what I'm saying? You build that to ten, you build that to twenty, and now you know you're starting to free up time for you to do bigger endeavors. So I, I hope that it provides a little insight.
0: No, that's that's great, and I want to add to yeah. that for the other people listening too is that you know a lot of artists tend not to cater to their hardcore fans, and they try to you know impress or bring in everybody, but. Ten hardcore fans who invest in you yeah. and like give you feedback yep. and buy your stuff is better than ten thousand unengaged, you know, Twitter followers or Instagram followers Absolutely. or even Spotify streamers because they're, you know, one and done or casual. Absolutely. But you have ten people who will buy every single thing that you put out, those are the people that you should be focusing on and building more people like that.
1: That is so that is so true, man. I mean, think about think think about it. If you Think think about the energy that is created when you when you're scrolling through social media and you see somebody that might have a thousand likes but no comments. But then you scroll past one that has like maybe 100 likes, but it has 10 comments, and there's a whole conversation going, and people are right, laughing. Right. Like, those are the places that are popping. And that usually is a, a very small number of engaged people that just love your culture that you have built so much that they're engaged. And they tell everybody where they're going when you come to town to do the show. And those are the people that, when your youth pastor or your the people you're around say, we need to bring somebody out. Oh, bring this person. Bring this person. Bring this person. It doesn't even matter if yep, ten thousand yep. people know you. If you don't have that one person that says, "Let's bring this person out." You know what good are they? You know. So, I I hundred percent agree, bro. Hundred percent.
0: Okay. Let's uh let's change gears drastically. Yeah man. yeah, man. Um, and how how did you transition to where you're at now when it comes to scoring and the TV and film placements and sort of that work that you're doing?
1: Man, this is is crazy. So. If you would have asked me uh when I was like 21 or 22 if you would have asked me what do you want to be doing what's your end game what's what's what is that at the end I said I would say I want to be doing this for film. It's always been what I've wanted to do, but it is one of the hardest yeah. nuts to crack, bro. Um so but I've always wanted to do that and um if you listen to my production, it's very very cinematic. If you listen to the the stuff I produced, like I I do trap, but even still, I make it huge. I mean, if you listen to all of like the albums that, you know, that I've produced, if you look at, you know, my year end stuff and my gram, or you listen to, you know, um, I just won the, you know, with flame, we win the, uh, 2019, you know, stellar for best gospel album. If you listen to God knows or mm-hmm. any of those albums, they're just huge that they have changes. They they're very dynamic with moods. They have strings, other vocals coming in. They're just like cinematic productions. And it translated really well. So I've been sound designing in hip hop, and pop music for a very long time. Um,
0: I like that phrase, sound design. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... Because it makes you seem like, you know, well, essentially you're, you're painting. Yeah. You know, you're <laughs> yeah, painting, bro. You're, creating, you're creating the scene yeah. of a song. That's,
1: it's, it's, that's ex- exactly what it's doing. It's like, I like all I have is audio. So I need to work twice as hard right. because you don't have a visual. So is if the artist can paint a great picture, then I can do my work and I can take you guys there. Like my goal is when the song goes off, I want you to, then notice that you were holding your breath because it was so dramatic and dynamic. And so I usually put Mm -hmm. these really, really big ends. I make sure no chorus is the same, no hook. I don't, no pasting hooks over here. I make sure there's different and changes and I make sure that it's just dramatic. Um, so, uh, I, I was deliberate. Um, so the first thing I had to do to get into this was, um, essentially make a proposal and fund my own first film, um, get it in. I mean, I actually didn't fund it. I executive produced it. So I just kind of Mm -hmm. put the team together, got a proposal and, 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 you know, and funded, um, a film. Now that film never came out and you'll never see it. Um, it was a it was a film that I got funded based on V Rose. It was going to be like a high school musical thing, where she some of you know her record label was going to try to you know um, do these extended videos and you know you see how I work this deal and that's what it's about you guys. It's about being super right. creative. So it's like, what do I have? What do I have? Okay, I have an artist that people like, so that's an actress that I can use. She has a deal; it's not a huge deal, and they don't have any extra money for her, but they do have a music video budget so we could turn this music video into Into yeah i can use them all and turn it into a film it's like you know so did that but that gave me a lot of experience and got me into the industry a little bit then for my birthday um i got um uh i was living in la at this time and i got uh a, uh, what's called, you know, a MOOC. I don't know if they're mobile online campuses. Um, but it, they're called MOOC, it's, okay. but it's when professors, um, from universities, they teach pretty much the whole course that they teach over a semester, but they do it without any lab work and any homework. So they just teach lecture and they give the whole semester over the course of four days. So I went to film school. Um, I got for a birthday present. Uh, uh, one of my friends got me a um, tuition uh, to to this film school and I went and I went to film school and I went and I learned everything there was about film that you could learn in four days from a professor <laughs> so I learned that wow. right and then I started offering my services and I offered to do sound design for free um you you know Kel Kel Mitchell from Keenan and Kel right
0: of course
1: so mm-hmm. you know um, I met him and you know I know him from LA we ended up um, becoming you know extremely good friends um, and and you know, He was working on a side job, just a film that he had written, and I offered my services for free. Um, the mixing was horrible on it, and I didn't really know what I was doing, and I missed a lot of cues. Like, there's one scene where, like, somebody grabs a doorknob and opens the door, and there's no doorknob sound effect. There's no door. It's like... They opened a ghost <laughs> door. You're like, so,
0: <laughs> and you don't really. You changed the whole the whole theme the of the movie theme, became a horror movie. It became a <laughs> movie.
1: It's like, why does not do none of these things? Why can I hear her walking and breathing, but I cannot hear this door slam? Like, what is happening? It's like, but, but, but again, I offered my services for free. I started getting my credits up, and he was super gracious. But then, you know, in return, I got him a, you know, a. Or I, you know, I I, I hired him to do a, a large scale video that ended up, of course, way over budget. Uh, and, um, you know, we had a good couple laughs about that. Um, but if V uh, wrote the battery, battery <laughs> song with Flame, uh, Kel Mitchell directed that. So that was during the same time that I was doing some sound design work there. And so I just got into it slowly. I, the funny thing is at that time, I didn't even know what the term sound design meant. I was in a studio recording this song down there and, and I, somebody was like, oh, yeah, um, we got to hurry up. We have a sound design job. And I thought they were just talking about, you know, a a prissy you know, stuck up way of saying, I got another session to do, but no, he was actually talking, yeah. you know, he was actually talking about a sound. Design. He was like, Oh yeah, you're producing and making beats, but we do sound design. But this is a thing. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, nah, he was, uh, he, he had a film. There's somebody who was coming in to, um, uh, score a short film. Um, and so I, I got to see that and I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. It's called sound design started studying. And then, um, um, Couple years ago, it started really coming together. I had an opportunity in um, in, in Israel uh, with the Israel Collective um, to do a documentary um, for them, and it was in their best interest, you know, because they're a millennial targeted organization. So I, I kind of put something together there. You can see the documentary; it's called "The New Sound in Israel." But I got to do, you know, work on that, and I got to, you know, get into film with that. And then um, I got picked up to do the soundtrack and act in and um, score and do sound design for Kling, which is a web series, Christian web series that I'm in. But I mean, it, just blew up as far as just being online and on YouTube. And it just got picked up for another episode, another episode, another season, then season two. And then, you know, now that the episodes were longer and I just got to get really, really into it. And then, so after I started doing that, people started hiring me to do sound design for music videos. And then of course, you know, you, you have to be found doing what you want to do. And then, so just different people started um, hiring me to do little things. I just scored, but my biggest get, I think not the most difficult cause it was just a trailer, but my biggest get, I just, um, scored a trailer. Um, and I'm on like my third draft cause at first they won't, you know, it was supposed to be for soccer moms. Now they want it to be for, you know, rappers. So I have to change the whole mood of it. <laughs> but, um, I scored a trailer with, uh, Lawrence Fishburne in it. And, uh, Wow, right nice. you know he was currently in john wick and is morpheus so i was just it was it, mm-hmm. it was crazy that when i look up on my you know when i look up on my computer i'm like freaking morpheus i'm sco- i'm scoring and doing sound design for morpheus <laughs> like you know the matrix one of the best sound designs in history you know what i'm saying and I'm scoring on and, and, and doing the it was it was crazy. So I I probably get picked up to do the whole film. But even that it was a milestone. It's gonna look good. So again, it's about baby steps. It didn't happen overnight. I've always wanted to do it. And it happened over like um like ten years. You know what I mean? Little by little. But you know, it worked.
0: Yeah, that's that's phenomenal, man. That's awesome. Um so let me let me ask you this because a lot of a lot of hip hop artist and pop artist cross over to eventually do film and there's you know there's that dynamic of in music you're telling a story and in film you're telling a story. Mm, yeah yeah yeah. So do you do you think that's kind of an easy transition or do you think that's really only for like a certain type of person?
1: Um certain type of person.
0: So you don't think it could be seamless for everybody, Mm -hmm. like it kind of is for certain people.
1: I think great artists, it's seamless because a great artist, um, knows how to play to a crowd. They perform every day, and you know, so think about it. You know, you have a you have a when you go out to do a show you have a script you have words that you have to say you have words that you say you know how to do it you do variations you know how long it is you you play to different people and play to different crowds and you have your your pre-made you know things and you have your arrangements and then you have to turn it on and then you you know you take a deep breath and you have to turn it off so great artists or seasoned artists i think it's a lot easier um, to do um but every artist is not a great artist every artist is not good on stage every artist is not mm-hmm. good um being scrutinized, you know what I mean? So, um you know, it's not seamless for every artist. It's not about just telling the story. Every great ly- every great lyricist is not a great artist. Every great singer is not a great artist. Every great rapper is not a great artist. Um every successful rapper is not a great artist. So, an artist can do you know like a great athlete most likely could be professional in 3 or 4 sports. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, It's right. just, right. you know, if you look at them in college, they played everything, they were great at everything, and this is what they chose to do. But a, you know, yeah. and so a great artist is like that. They can probably, if they decided to paint, they can paint. If they decided to do, you know, uh, you know, another, you know, production or music or, you know, they, they can transition art-wise. But if you're not a great artist and you're just a great lyricist, then that is a certain thing. You might be better at being able to write but you know, you might not be able to actually act. So, um, yeah, you'll see a lot of great artists like Common and Most Deaf and, uh, you know, 50 Cent and don't tell me 50 Cent's not a great artist. You know, 50 Cent's a great artist. And
0: I, I, hey man, I'm, I'm from New York. Okay, you all, right. Tell me. all right, man. There's, there's <laughs> a reason he's doing
1: it, you know, It, but
0: I know how important it was. He's, he's Probably a bigger outside of music right now than he absolutely than than he is currently. Uh, Like no one's really looking for Fifty Cent music, but they're always looking for something that he's doing exactly.
1: And when yeah, and when he says he has something to say, do, or has a proposal, like people listen. You know, so um, but yeah, so that's that's what I think about that and 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 film. Um, it's not the it's not a guaranteed transition. Um, it is not easy to be vulnerable on camera and that is what a great actor is and it's you have to be vulnerable on camera you have to let people in and I know that sounds like all weird and artsy fartsy and crazy but I'm just it's like serious like when you're in front of that camera you can't be thinking about dang what does the camera think about me what are these people gonna think about me you have to be there in the moment. It has to be real in that moment. And that's very difficult to do for a lot of people. So um, great artists can do that. That's what they do on stage. That's why they have so many fans. That's why people love them. They love to watch them perform live because they are real in that moment. Even though after they get off stage, they might be tired or angry or be in the middle of a fight or be broke or whatever. you know. But when they're on stage, Mm -hmm. talking about how much money they got and how many cars they got, everybody believes it. They're real. They're there.
0: Yeah cuz they're playing they're playing a character yeah. or they're rapping about the the drugs that maybe they didn't sell. Right. <laughs> they're, right. Right. They're, right. they're creating a character. Right. So those guys should probably be the best. Hey, well, the best hey, actors. Hey, real, of all hey of them.
1: real talk, real talk. I mean the funny thing is is like even for them to talk about the drugs that they, you know, might have sold at one time but they're still talking about their dope boy but they buckle their seatbelt and they wouldn't run a red light because they they're doing good now. They can't risk it. So <laughs> so it's just like you know. But for yeah. them to get on stage and still be able to invoke that I don't care you know uh, you know other side of the law character that's acting you know if for them for. For a person that's heck of broke and from the hood to be talking, you know, to be talking about how much money they have before they actually get their advance um, to, you know, to get the deal or vice versa. When they figure out, yeah, of you course. know, when they figure out that mm-hmm. they're actually broke and they're not going to get any more money, but they still have to perform for three albums to break even that, you know, or, get, <laughs> or to pay their bills.
0: they Play up that persona.
1: You, you see that? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man.
0: Okay. So, so for you. Maybe, maybe this is the Lawrence Fishburne thing. Maybe it's something else. But what would you say is your biggest uh, rock star moment as an artist, or biggest success of your career mm.
1: th- thus far? Mm-mm-mm. Man, those are two separate people, bro. It's two separate people.
0: So I guess because rock star moment is you're on stage, exactly, and then you, exactly. you know something can happen like that, and then success. So you could do either or or both, okay. if you are. All have, right, good. good. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Okay, so I don't know. You do too, you do too many things. Yeah, I, so yeah, usually, yeah, this I, question yeah. hits 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 like on one. Like, yeah, I, I got an answer for no, that. No,
1: like exactly, <laughs> bro. I have like so many for so dif- so many different personas. But I'll you know i'll I'll give you a I'll give you a couple. So as an artist, um, my first before rap was even a thing, um, I was. Uh, a rapper and there we had a, a major FM station and um, I just went up to him and I was like, I know you guys don't play rap. I know you only play gospel, but here play this. And they were like, Hey, this is good, but you know, we don't play that. We can't play this. And you know, and I was just like, <laughs> well, what will it take? And that question changed my life. Not how do I do it? Not who it's what will it take and it mm-hmm. it invokes different answers i can't give you all the answers but the next month i was number 1 and i stayed number 1 on that fm station in my hometown for 4 weeks straight and as a nice. as a rap song and from then every every single major concert that year we were we, I was on that show. So John P. Key, Kurt Franklin, Mary Mary, uh, Marvin Sapp, like all these huge huge acts came through, sold out these stadiums and these concert halls, and I was there rapping before anybody even really you know on the West Coast. On the East Coast, you know, Cross Movie was doing their thing, but nobody even knew about them on the West Coast. Real talk, like they they traveled through L.A. and stuff, but right. we weren't hip to them. Um, and so that's what I was doing. So the biggest success moment is. When my mom um, came to a Mary Mary concert and I was on stage and up until that point, she had still said, you know, there's no way you can make a living doing music. You, there's no way you're going to be successful. You need to go back to school to be an architect. I was uh, studying to be an architect, as a matter of fact.
0: And she, a different kind of a designer. different kind of <laughs> real. That's real. That's
1: right. I was studying to be an architect, and she was just like, "There's just no way," you know. And she, and you know, she was concerned because she didn't want to be taking care of me for the rest of her life. She wanted me to be a bum, but you know, but she was just like, "There's no way you can't do it." And she, and, and she came to this show with Mary, Mary. And I came out, and there was 5,000 people there, and half of them she had gone to church with at one time or another in Sacramento or known from the circuit. And they were all screaming and cheering and knew who I was and couldn't wait and were getting there early to see me open. And the lights came on. Yeah, me and my boy came out. We were dancing, and it was just pandemonium and this was her favorite group at the time and i was there opening and they introduced me Is like now with the number one single in northern california and gospel music running for four weeks <laughs> you know the committee and i came out and it was just like pandemonium so that was a huge moment bro huge moment what,
0: what year was that oh that
1: was whoa that was like two that was like um oh six oh seven oh six oh okay so that's oh six oh seven that's when mary mary was the biggest so that's what like truth the truth was traveling with uh kirk franklin and mary mm-hmm. mary it was kind of that yeah. era when they were like at the top um but this is the thing so you see i was like a got a christian singer or a christian rapper but i was still producing gangster music so i was like in this weird on the fence place where God was really trying to work yeah. with me. So I was like a Christian rapper, but then I would go to the most ratchet of studios and a ratchet of places and do all this other stuff. So it was a couple years after that where I, um, I stopped everything and thought it was over. And then, you know, I met flame in 2010 at the Grammys, um, you know, cause I would, I would hang out at the Grammys. I met him there with one of my other friends. And then in 2011, I uh, produced, uh, got V-Rosa and produced um, Surrender, and then it was a rap from there. So that's that. As a producer, I think the biggest moment was, um, as a producer, I think the biggest moment was Surrender, when I thought everything was over and God was like, it's not over. And I was like, no, there's no way. You got to hit. There's no way. And then Flame came to me and said, I, my album is done. I just started my record label. Um, I've been gone for like four or five years, but we need a hit. We don't have a single. And I was like, I got you a single. And I produced it. And he was like, all right, let's 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 happen. They weren't even playing rap on the radio then. And that song was an, a hit. And it and it just solidified his whole career that he was back for real. It was my artist. I wrote the song. Me and V wrote the song. My beat, my crew, my everything. And it was just freaking huge around the world. And it took us around the world. And I think that was a huge huge moment then of course the god knows project because you know everybody's like all right well that was cool you can you do it again can you produce another (laughs) album because you know we do a lot of conceptual albums so he was like can you produce another hit album a big hit album with hits on it and then we produce god knows and it just you know won the you know stellar for best you know best best gospel album of the year so that was cool that we did that again for a d for djing um i dj Times square
0: oh man the dj times square you know didn't even know the dj part oh bro okay <laughs> DJ so times square. yeah
1: so i i mean i dj for 5 years for so many artists and so many tours it took me around the world DJing took me more places than anything else um a lot of producers are you know are dj but um yeah,
0: yeah we we,
1: yeah. we played we got to i mean it was like we weren't a christian band it was surreal but we played times square um in right in front of the red steps, and we played to an audience of probably like five thousand people, and they loved it, and it was phenomenal, so I think that was the height of that I'd never get i'd never think growing up like I'd look up and there would mm-hmm. be the the um uh, the you know, the where the you know, Good Morning America's office is right, is right there, like Good Morning America's yeah, windows, yeah. right, you know, right there. You look to the other side, um, uh. I forgot what it used to be with uh, on MTV. They had their New York show, uh, but I forgot what that was.
0: Oh, T- TRL. TRL. Yeah. TRL. T-R-L. Yeah, but
1: yeah, the TRLs, right. There. I'm just like, dude, I can't believe I'm playing here, but that was big. So that's, as a DJ, that was huge. I mean, but you know, I've DJ again around the world. Switzerland was huge. Um, I loved Switzerland. Um, uh, that was a big show Canada we did Niagara Falls like we were literally like less than 100 yards from Niagara Falls we played a really nice show there and then we played Dundas Square so it's been phenomenal um as a DJ as well um and then lastly um <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean I, I have a few like I mean because even as an A&R like after uh you know V's contract was up with uh with Flame you know it was like all right can you get me a bigger deal and I was like I don't know let's see how good a manager I am and then um Got her signed with M Pop, you know, as as the first cr- true Christian pop artist ever. Like we created a genre. There was no Christian pop before V Rose. So like we created a whole genre. That was huge. And to get it validated by Nashville, who was like, we only sign Christian rock, you know, and you know, and C C M, that was big. And then, but I said, lastly, mm-hmm. lastly, it was um in film, like getting this documentary done in Israel you understand like how big that is? I got to take a squad of people to Israel and it was funded and do a documentary course, making course. records in the Holy Land. Like we were the first people ever, just the way God worked it, we were the first people ever to, licensed to create a product um, with the Holy Land in it and not have to pay um Taxes in perpetuity. They let us do it. They licensed oh, that's us. Dope. So we were in the Garden of Gethsemane, on the Sea of Galilee. If you if you watched the movie, I mean, we were in these places, and and they let us. So that was like a triumph. And then for it to win all the awards at the uh, music uh, at the uh, film festivals that it did, that was cool too. So yeah, man. Oh, and then acting. Uh, I, I studied acting in college <laughs> too, and so now I'm actually a, 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 an actor. In, in, uh, in,
0: yeah, you get to do that. Yeah. So
1: yeah. So it's it's been a it's been a it's been a crazy life. But like I said, when you're an artist and you love art, it doesn't matter what form of art you put your heart into it and, you know, you have possibilities there.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that that was a good decade for you. My God. You know, and the decade <laughs> just came to an end and people do like the decade the 10-year challenge. Yeah, man. Most most of this stuff was accomplished in the last 10 years for you, which is amazing. It it, um, it really was. So, so let let's let's flip it around. What do you what would you say is your biggest failure or regret?
1: Oh my gosh! See, I knew you were a real reporter. I knew it was going to come out.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 man. No, see, um, no, no soft, no softball, no softball questions here. No, they're,
1: they're not. Um, no, uh, let's see. Biggest failure and or regret um, of the last decade, or just in you know in general
0: um, in your career oh, in oh, your career thus far.
1: Oh yeah, oh career. Yeah, yeah. That uh, doesn't have
0: true. to be life. No, that's good. Like, no, that you know, just yeah, career. of course.
1: No, no, yeah, of course. Um, I had the the biggest studio in uh, Sacramento, one of the biggest in Northern California. I had it funded um, and um, it was phenomenal. And the owner's son, which is how I ended up getting it built because he just was enthralled with music, but the owner's son wasn't managing with me. He was like running around doing all kind of different stuff with girls and, and just kind of, you know, do it, living a playboy lifestyle. And I was like managing this thing myself and having to be accountable. And so like I went and I told his dad, I'm like the investor, I'm like, Hey, your son is like not managing with me. And he's like doing this and doing that. And then you're putting all this, you know, pressure on me. And it was just because I didn't have a mentor in that area, I would have known that's what rich playboy sons do. That's why you get it funded. That's what they do. They just have these ventures so they can floss with all their friends and women. That's their job. Your job is to keep their, their, their playgrounds running. And
0: yeah. Um,
1: and I crossed him and I got fired and, um, and I, and I lost my studio and I lost my vision and I lost my dream. And it was, I mean, they put, they put, Half a million dollars into it before they even got started, and they were paying me a thousand dollars a week um, just to run it. Before, Um, and I'm like 25, and they're paying me a thousand dollars a week just to be there and to run it. Not, and, and I get a portion of the sessions I do as a 25 year old man, I, yeah. I was like huge, you know? And, uh, yeah, but again, you know, I didn't have anybody to, you know, at that point to mentor me like that. And I, you know, that was a huge, huge regret. Um, I think that's one of the biggest, the other, the other, reg- the biggest regret. And, um, unfortunately there's a, at this point, a 75% chance you might end up hearing about this. Um, but coming into the Christian market, trusting people too much and not keeping an eye on um different royalties um mm-hmm. and um has resulted in um some really disappointing results and um there are things that i'm dealing with right now and hopefully they'll all get settled nicely but a huge regret and i say this for the benefit of the artists and the producers and the people listening a huge regret was not because I was in the Christian market, not keeping up with my paperwork, not putting time and energy into studying law, I would rather I would rather spend a hundred dollar night at the movies and dinner, and in a rental car, than paying you know for a couple hours of a CPA's time to look over my statements. And yeah, the that is actually my biggest one, probably one of my biggest regrets right now, that I didn't keep up with that. Um, yeah, so. I, I that probably covers yeah, it. it's
0: it's it's a false it's a false sense of security too. Oh, you know, it's Christians, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the right thing is going to happen <laughs> or you know, I can't get screwed <laughs> no, over or no. everyone's so nice. We'll just pray about yeah. it. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> no, yeah, it's
1: like it's like no, they you <laughs> know what? They're not just Christians, they're Christian humans. They're Christian humans. Yeah. And the flesh will never be saved. And so, you know, you 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 the The same part of those Christians that has to repent the next day is the same part of the the Christian that will, uh, will, 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 will not be a hundred keeping a hundred with you. Um, And so, yeah, you gotta you gotta do
0: your due diligence. But that's always you know the case. Yeah, yeah, man. Spec, how can you not produce my album? It's a ministry, man. Right, right, that? right, right, right. I mean, <laughs> my God, are you really going to charge it. me
1: for this? I mean, I know you have kids in in, in, a, in a house, but why would, why would I help you pay your bills? I just need you to put everything you got into my project. And I promise that the record owner, the record company owner, and his friend that you will never meet in your life, they care about you, and they're going to take care of you. <laughs> it's like...
0: The, the exposure from my four hundred fans on on Twitter oh is gonna god. take care of you oh my
1: god I'll bet okay yeah. so for everyone listening yeah.
0: there there's there's only there's only two ways to do business when it for anything really journalistically musically social media whatever it is one, you pay the person yeah it's a transaction just like anything else yes. or two you provide something of equal value <laughs> in in return for a service if they're doing something for free you better have something in return for free wow. and you guys work together that's
1: very interesting because the way you're talking like you make a lot of sense but what a, but what about the f-
0: I thought you were going to tell me I was I was completely wrong and I was like wait no. am, I, am I you would know better no, than me no no no
1: <laughs> like the way you're talking you make a, you make way too much sense what about the fact that I heck i want to do music really bad and i'm really good will that sway you to do something for free <laughs> <laughs> i really want to be a star does that help <laughs> oh, my gosh <laughs> yeah man but yeah i mean i mean and, and there's a lot you know there's a lot you could do so but uh, but again i think that question um What will it take? I think that is a catalyst um, for success. If you're asking, you know, somebody, what will it take? You are upfront saying, I am willing to provide you value. I just need to know what is valuable to you. Whereas if you say Mm -hmm. how much or will you, can you, would you? No, I won't. And I can't, you know, it's like, you know, so... It, it, the posture is extremely important that you come into a situation. Listen, whenever you come into a situation, w- one person has the power, and you have to assess, um, where you are in that transaction. So, if you, if the other person really has the thing that you want, and you know that, and you know he can do without it, you have two choices. You can, um, Ask him or come into the, you know, the, the situation, understanding that you are less and then, and defining yourself as such. I really, really, really want what you have. I, I don't, I know you don't need, you know, what I can provide. What can we do? Or you can, right. like what you said, think of what you can provide that has value and, and, and offer that and, and then try to equal his power with something he needs and that takes research that takes um uh wisdom that t- if you know the 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 person that you want to get to trade stocks but he's looking for somebody to invest into if you haven't mm-hmm. looked up the definition of the stock market, if you don't know what, you know, all this information here and you have no idea where his money comes from, you have no idea that he probably um because he plays stocks, he, I mean because he, he works with stocks, he's probably at a forty percent, you know, tax rate and has to give a certain amount of money away or invest and you don't want to and you don't try to appeal to him in december through february like these are things that you can research and information is out there that i give you an upper hand but you just you know you just run up to him and be like hey man you have so much money i heard you like music and you were looking for music people man i am your next dude like (laughs) like that you know that's how that's how you know you hear it so yeah man um
0: yeah, I'm. I'm sure your DMs look a lot like mine. Oh my um, freaking gosh! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Now y- you've you've told me about a lot of different things. So maybe there's something you didn't mention. What are you working on? What's next? What does Spec House, the producer, the artist, the sound designer, the actor, the A and R guy? What do you have left to like accomplish and do, bro? We're in a new decade, bro, man.
1: This next decade is about to be crazy. Um, let me let me tell you, the thing that I have been doing.
0: It, tell me, yeah. The,
1: let me t- let me tell you, man. <laughs> the thing I've been doing recently, probably half of my time, just because it it just came from, um, producing these great songs and then seeing nothing happen with them. And it's not just because I'm disappointed that nothing happens with them. The artist is disappointed because they had to pay me a lot of money. Or a lot more than they would normally pay to get the song to the place where they knew it was going to blow up. And then nothing happens with it. And it's just like, well, you're not, you don't, you don't promote it, right? Your graphics suck. Like you're, you're everything about Mm -hmm. your campaign. So The only thing that's good at this point is a song. You're not even good. Look at how you're dressed. Look at your hair. Like who would want to, like, (laughs) like all this matters. Like, bro, like. If you, if you, if you can't afford to do it, do like afford to do it for one day during your photo shoot, at least, you know what I mean? Like, so I've gotten into branding and, um, I'm really, really enjoying branding and enjoying putting together deals for people and deals for companies and helping them like, you know, get exposure with the things that are out there. And, um, my latest venture is this cling um thing i mean this lady kim cash tate you know she was a best-selling author christian author she's like a novelist you know best-selling novelist um she has you know deals with our daily bread she writes bible studies you know and she you know she has all kind of you know all kind of you know deals she's a writer but you know she's been getting into media and you know diversifying her brand and i've just been able to be instrumental in the music she's currently um in the billboard 200 the soundtrack the single from a soundtrack is currently in the billboard 200 for um top uh, uh gospel single and it, it probably will be in the top 10 um wow. you know and she's never sang before in her life so that just lets you know wow. it has to do with you know besides from you know god's will it has to do with a lot of other factors it has to do with the branding it has to do with the music It has to do with the relationships that i've built it has to do with the research and all that so um i'm just enjoying it but um this mug is probably going to end up turning into a freaking empire we're probably going to have like a mini tyler perry compound of media going on and there are going to be all types of things happening just because um her fan base is crazy and i've gone on the road a couple times and identified this fan base i'm like you really got something here so i'm working on that really hard um it, now that i got my kids settled if you guys haven't heard it box yezu or just go you know my spotify this is my last single mm-hmm. but now that i got my um my kids settled and i got my spot and i'm in atlanta now the resurgence of my personal career is coming and i have so much amazing music that i'm about to release as well so i'm almost going back to the very beginning and um now that i'm full circle yeah i'm sitting and just start in and putting out music that I love. That's how it all started, just putting on music I love again. So yeah, so pretty much, you know, producing music um, in the film, um, but, you know, branding, doing the branding for a couple companies in particular. And then just while that's going, I'm, I've bought myself the time to do what I love, which is put on music again. So yeah, man.
0: Okay, final question. Yeah, and then you can move on with your life. Okay, you good, man. This is fun. This is good. <laughs> what What is the key... Yeah, for the survival of the artist now in twenty twenty,
1: uh, diversification. Diversification, which means multiple streams, which means I'm trying to think of a a term that is like that people don't hear on like Instagram ads,
0: <laughs> um, like while they're scrolling through. Uh, but really, not from Gary Vee. Exa-
1: exa- oh my God! Yeah, Gary Vee. Exactly, but. Um, no, diversification in multiple streets. In other words, you cannot depend on one horse to win the race for you. You need to find out a way to, to, to buy or own or get a piece of every horse in the race and have a little bit coming in at all times. So if you are an artist and you're putting out great music, you need to understand that no money is going to come from that music at all um, unless you sell copies at a live show, which is a store. You you in you, you you in essence, when you're an artist and book shows, um, have a pop-up store, like a little 7 Eleven that pops up everywhere else, a convenience store that you sell all your dicks and knacks. That is 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 diversification. So when you set up when you set out to be an artist, you didn't think you were actually going to open a pop-up clothing shop. But that's what you're actually doing. You're actually getting into merchandising. You're actually getting into setting up a store, mm-hmm. right? Then you're actually becoming a booking agency. So you're actually, you know, you're you're finding ways and relationships um, in ways that, you know, to, to, to book shows and then you're, you know, you're, you're finding other ways to make that work for you. So it's diversification. You need a lot of different ways to make a little money. And then that little money you put back into yourself to get to the next level. So here's what a billionaire, I've only known one billionaire in my life and I've spent enough time with it. When you spend time with a billionaire, you don't need a lot of time. Everything they say is phenomenal because their time (laughs) is so important. So they know that you shouldn't be there with them. And so they're gonna give you knowledge while you're there because they know that we'll probably never cross paths again. But he really, you know, he loved me and it was... Really, really dope time. I spent some time with him and his wife, but I met one billionaire in LA. So I'm um, I'm literally I'm in his house. He lives next door to Snoop Dogg. So um and I'm and, and, right in uh
0: in diamond bone. It must have smelled it must have smelled interesting. Yeah, it
1: smelled interesting. Uh he probably
0: <laughs> I mean, if, if I went
1: outside it probably would have been. But um I mean so like I mean, so we're sitting in his front room overlooking his balcony with his tennis court inside of his house. Like it's just freaking
0: phenomenal. Pretty standard. Yeah, no, pretty, pretty standard. Sta- yeah,
1: pretty, pretty standard pretty standard stuff. <laughs> so we're sitting down and um and he says he says and he and I said, Thank you for allowing me to spend this time with you. I'm learning so much. And he says, Yeah, we're doing it was great doing business with you. And I said, No, no, no. I said, you know, it's the uh, no, not biz, not the business. I was like, I, I love just the relationship and you know, spending time with me. And he was like, That's business. He said, business is relationship. And I was like, Can you can you tell me more? He said, Yeah, business is relationship. He said, business is not money. Money is the language of business. Business is the relationship. It was like when you, you could go to twenty different places to buy a product. He was like, but the branding, the advertising, even the location, which they have a relationship with and they they assessed you and where you are. He was like, it's a relationship. And he was like, we are doing business because we're doing relationship. He was like, if if it's out of you and somebody else, I'm going to hire you because I know you. We've, we've built a relationship. And he was like, and you, you don't know that until you get to the higher levels. He was like, but when you're at the level that I am, yeah. he said, when you're at the level that I am, people don't do business because one person is cheaper. People do business because you're not going to be a headache. It's the relationship. They know you. He was like, I don't care Mm -hmm. if I save, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars with somebody else. I want to do business with people that I know I can trust the business is going to happen and that the other people I'm doing business can trust that person too. He was like, so business is relationship. And I I would tell that um, to the people that are listening to this podcast, like I've seen people get dropped from record labels because they thought they were hot stuff. They saw somebody in the elevator and they ignored them or they pushed them aside, you know, on the way up to the the place that they were really going. And that person was somebody's wife or somebody's son. And, and that person or that person was, you know, uh, the, the the accountant, which was like the most important person in the company. And they blew them off and they got let mm-hmm. go. You know, I've seen that happen. Be, be careful. Be kind to everyone everyone be kind to everyone build relationships take time to shake a hand look somebody in the eye you don't know who is going to give you your next opportunity and as you build opportunities will come you can't diversify if you don't build so you know i've seen i've shaken a hand of of somebody i didn't even know and the next week their merchandise was on my table they gave it to me for free to sell you know, and I made money. So it just yeah. build the relationships. And that's how you find out opportunities to diversify.
0: Bam. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Don't, don't drop it. <laughs> it's expensive. No, this, this, uh-huh. this
1: mic, no, nah, I'm not going to drop this. <laughs> yeah, bro.
0: <laughs> this is the good mic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I got to get a crappy mic just to like drop when, when someone lays some stuff down. Bro. bro- I do have a broken no, microphone you somewhere. you gave me the
1: best idea. I got to get a mic drop mic. I gotta get a mic drop, Mike. I don't have one. All right.
0: Well, when you when you film it, I just want the clout tag. That's all I That's want. It. Yes. I just I just want the tag in it that says inspired by Justin. Yeah. Hey, hey, I hey. want all the I want all the clap. I want all the clap every
1: time. To- every time I was like, drop the mic. I was like, hold on, hold on, I got something for this. And you hear the mic, inspired by Justin. Boom. Exactly. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. Publishing check is on the way.
0: Yes, more revenue streams in 2020. <laughs> That'd be the easiest. <laughs> be the easiest one I ever, I ever did. Easiest revenue stream.
1: That's dope, man. Well, thank you for having me on, bro. I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I hope, uh, I hope your listeners get get a lot out of it, man.
0: Yes, this was a blast. And if if you survived, like the survival of the artist, if you survived this entire podcast, shout out to you. <laughs> Let us know in the comments what we this this uh this great publishing idea that i had with spec <laughs> um just just write mic drop in the comment and i'll know that you, you know listen, exactly you listen to the whole thing yeah man yeah if and, got uh, you got to this <laughs> Yeah. this has been dope thank you thank you for blessing us with some wisdom and uh, i hope a lot of people uh, learn from this episode absolutely all right so, so that that has been spec spec house man of many hats i'm justin this is the Survival of the Artist Podcast, and I will check you all next time for episode 20, whoever that may be. Peace.
1: Peace.